0: Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts world renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. The
1: issue for me is that people in customer experience, discipline, marketing, etc., should understand their customers' habits and moreover understand the triggers of those habits because either somebody is buying from you habitually, which is great, or they're not.
2: Habits are a result of this process of the the mind trying to make things more efficient, make repetitive actions more efficient. That's why habits form. And so you'll sometimes have companies go in and say, oh, well, we want this to become our customer's habitual response. And sometimes that's just not practical.
1: You see these adverts on TV and they say, we have this wonderful insurance app and you can take a picture when you have an accident. And you think, I don't have enough accidents (laughs) to to warrant downloading that onto my phone and then struggling to work out how to use the bloody thing. So, Ryan, you know that I travel across the pond a lot. Mm -hmm. And I have this habit By the pond, I
2: assume you mean Lake Erie? No? Oh.
1: No, I mean the pond in our back garden. Oh, okay. colloquialism for those of you who don't know for called the little thing called the atlantic ocean which is a little bit bigger than lake lake erie but um i know lake erie is quite big anyway so whenever i travel across the pond and i book a flight the i have this habit of the next thing i do is to contact the taxi company or the driver that we have Mm -hmm. that picks us up depending on either end basically we've got People that uh, both ends, uh, and that's my habit, and and it's a good habit because it means that I don't forget, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. somebody's there waiting for me when I when I turn up, and I don't have to worry if it's raining, and you know, fifty million taxes are, are all booked or whatever else. So I thought today that we would talk a little bit about habits, and I think habits and understanding how habits are formed is really important. And moreover, how to identify customer habits, because some of those habits may be good for you, that is, and some of them may not be good, and you may want to
2: change them. Good. So do you want to start off by just giving us the theory behind it? Sure. We talk a lot about intuitive and rational thinking, and, and we we did a podcast that was kind of a brushing up on those topics recently. One of the ways of understanding habits is through this two system lens so the two system theories can help us understand habits and habit formation and in this sense a habit is just an automatic action it's something that is done by system one by our intuitive system we want to distinguish though habits from all intuitive or automatic behavior think of habits as like a, a subgroup or a subclass of things that that your intuitive system does and what distinguishes habits from other types of automatic actions is this this fact that the trigger the thing that activates the automatic response comes from the environment so we walk into yep. an environment our automatic our intuitive system sees something specific in the environment and then says i know it's supposed to happen in response to that and it spools up this automatic response, this habitual response. So for you, booking a flight and concluding that booking process, that serves as as a trigger for you to then call up the taxi service. So your automatic intuitive system is constantly monitoring what's going on. And as you complete the booking process, um, specifically for international travel, then your intuitive system brings up these memories and brings up these motivations and says, oh, you should now go and Book your taxi.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and another example, a couple of examples. One is if I if I'm walking in the, down Main Street or something, and I smell coffee, mm-hmm. I immediately go, "Oh, I'd like a coffee." That's right. That'd be nice. Um, uh, and the other one that I've, this is shows I fly too much. But it's when you're sitting there waiting for your flight to be called mm-hmm. and then everybody starts standing up yeah. and moving towards the gate, Yeah, it just makes me go, Yeah, I need to stand up and go to the gate. But then the rational part of me goes, no, you don't. Just sit here because you're diamond on delta and you're going to get called up anyway. But so it's interesting that it is these sort of environmental clues that happen.
2: Yeah, and we can distinguish it. So in our, our podcast where we talked about um, intuitive and rational thinking. You know, We use the example of driving a car as an example of sometimes being automatic behavior. As sometimes you can pull into your driveway and realize you don't remember the last 20 minutes of driving home from work. That is an automatic and intuitive, a system one process for, where that part of your brain takes over and does this task automatically. But I wouldn't characterize that as, as a habitual response. Right. So it's not like, getting into the car automatically activates you to do certain things uh, in terms of of actually driving the car and proceeding somewhere that's an automatic response but I, I i wouldn't necessarily characterize it as habitual and so i think that's that's one of the ways to distinguish these things is there an external environmental trigger that activates this thing
1: yeah and and there are, for me it's interesting because i've i've actually started to try to create some habits mm mm-hmm. One of the habits I've tried to create has been around we've got Alexa dotted around the house now, and Alexa has these now in fact I've just <laughs> I've just realized everybody that's got Alexa machines suddenly is going to be <laughs> Alexa's <laughs> going to be answering saying "Hello, can
2: I help you?" So my apologies for that Alexa subscribe to the intuitive customer podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So with Alexi, you can turn around and say, add this to the shopping list or add this to the to-do list or set a reminder for whatever else. And I'm having to sort of, at the moment, I, I haven't made that a habit yeah. yet because I keep forgetting to do it, but I'm trying to train
2: myself on, on doing it. So I guess by definition, it's trying to learn that skill, isn't it? So one thing that you could do, and this is, a, I think, a great transition into this. One thing you could do is if there is a... Uh, a listing mechanism that you currently use. like So I use Post-its a lot um, to keep lists. If you wanted to transition to using Alexa for that kind of thing, you could, on the top of your Post-it note stack, leave yourself a note that says, use Alexa. And what that might do is every time you then see this external trigger of the Post-it notes, instead of reaching for them to make a list, it would remind you, oh, no, when I see the post-it notes, I need to remember to, to use Alexa instead. And then that way, these external triggers could serve to activate a, a more habitual response to you over time. So the issue for me is, and maybe this is what we can start to
1: kick around, the issue for me is that people in customer experience, discipline, marketing, etc., should understand their customers' habits mm-hmm. and moreover, understand the triggers of those habits because either somebody is buying from you habitually, which is great, or they're not. If you want to convert the customer into buying from you habitually, then you know what is it you do? Now, let me start off by saying at the very beginning, clearly there are going to be products or services that are not appropriate for this, that don't have the frequency or the the ability for this to happen. But clearly, there are also a lot of them that that are. And the interesting thing for me is, and we've been talking about this a fair bit recently, uh, Ryan, you know, the whole area of AI, artificial intelligence, and is it, going to be able to start to really pick out what patterns of behavior, because effectively, that's what we're talking about,
2: isn't it? It's what's the pattern of behavior that the customer's having. I want to go back to something that you you just said, because I think it's really important. Habits are a result of this process of the the mind trying to make things more efficient, make repetitive actions more efficient. That's why habits form. And so you'll sometimes have companies go in and say, oh, well, we want this to become our customer's habitual response. And sometimes that's just not practical. I I had a, a client once who was an insurer and they wanted to make using their insurance app habitual for customers. yep, And customers just don't interact, most customers don't interact with their insurance company often enough that this would ever become a habitual response for them. So we're talking about something that, that needs to be repeated and that needs to be repeated in a context where there are similar things that could result in, in triggers of this response later.
1: Absolutely, and by the way, let me put a plug in for a book that I think is a really good book called *The Power of Habit* by Charles Duhigg. Yes, excellent Great book. book. And he talks about the 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 fact that you have personal habits, but organizations have habits, if you like, from a cultural perspective as well. In the responses and how they deal with things
2: as as well. In the book, he tells a story about forming a personal bad habit, which I think is really useful and illustrative. He talks about the fact that one afternoon at, at about three o'clock, he got a little bit hungry. And so he decided to go down to the vending machine and, and got a cookie. A couple of days later, he was also hungry and, in the late afternoon. And so he decided to go down and get a cookie again. And he found that very rapidly, every afternoon, he started getting these urges, these cravings for a cookie. And this became a habit of his, where he would just go down to the vending machine and buy a cookie every afternoon. There's this mythology around an action needs to be repeated for 21 days and then it'll become a habit. I don't know if you've heard that. Yes, I have. Yeah, so 20 days or 21 days. Uh, so if you can manage to do something for 20 days, then it'll become a habit. I don't know where that came from. I, I don't believe that that's remotely true. I agree with that. The habit is the process of system one or the intuitive system taking over for something. And so it's useful to think about habit formation from the perspective of what does system one respond to? What is system one like? System 1 among other things is where a lot of our base urges reside, our emotional needs and emotional states. And so something like eating a cookie really satisfies system 1. System 1 is the is the part of us that really, you know, always wants to get the cookie. And this is the this is the intuitive side. Yes, our intuitive system loves the cookie. So you don't need to eat a cookie every day at the same time in order to form a habit for eating cookies. If you eat, eat a cookie like twice at three in the afternoon, system one is gonna be like all over that and really help you out by giving you the urge to eat a cookie every day from that point on at three o'clock. So this is why bad habits are so easy to start is because a lot of bad habits are things that system one responds to. You could wake up and run five miles every day for three months and then as soon as you get sick and you can't do that for one day, It's possible that your system one would not help you out at all, because system one would much rather sleep in than get up and go running. So this is why some good habits are so much harder to form. We're kind of working against the natural inclinations of system one. And so they may take much longer to reinforce. I wish you wouldn't talk about cookies, because you know what I want to do now. And now all (laughs) of our podcast listeners are going to form the habit of eating cookies anytime (laughs) they listen to us. Um, so keep this in mind if you are trying to understand your customers' habits or trying to instill habits in your customers. If the behavior you want to instill is naturally rewarding from an automatic system perspective, an intuitive system perspective, it's going to be much easier for that habit to form. If it's not, if it's something that's much more rational or more involved or that works against kind of your, your short-term pleasure or gain, that's going to be a much, much harder habit to form. Using an insurance app, there's not a lot of system one appeal in that.
0: Training your frontline team on how to create memories in your customers by evoking their emotions. Beyond Philosophy's unique and proven training methodology, Memory Maker Training. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com contact.
1: That's a great example because it drives me around the bend when you you, you see these adverts on TV and they say, uh, we have this wonderful insurance app and you can take a picture when you have an accident. And you think, I don't have enough accidents (laughs) to to warrant downloading that onto my phone and then struggling to work out how to use the bloody thing. If I have an accident, which I hope I don't, I'm just going to take a picture of it and email it to you
2: classic example of where you're using the wrong things basically or maybe it's just a sign that you need to have more accidents Colin i mean i think you're living too conservatively take some risks man you know drive fast
1: i know i know you No, know, i think you think you're right there so what about the whole area of how to sort of break into these habits i know in the book i think you talked about that there are occasions particularly when people are on vacation etc that it's a good idea that people can break habits
2: yeah so one of the ways of of getting around habits so if you're selling to a customer and the customer already has the habit of doing something else then that can be a real barrier for you and one of the ways of getting around it is can you reach your customers at points in time where they are not around these environmental triggers so for example if you introduce a new toothpaste brand you're, you're going to face a lot of customers who are habitually choosing the same toothpaste every time they go shopping because they get to the grocery aisle with the toothpaste and their automatics intuitive system goes, oh, I know what we're supposed to do here. And it steers their feet directly to the, the part in the aisle and directs their eyes down to the part where their brand is. And they just reach down and they pick the same brand over and over. So can you reach them in places where they are not in that same setting where that automatic response will will activate that habitual response. So this is where something like an end cap display in a grocery store might be valuable because now people are evaluating the toothpaste out of the aisle where they typically are. Yeah, Reaching people on vacation where they're not around all of the environmental cues and triggers that activate their habitual behavior. All of these things are, are approaches you might be able to take.
1: In fact, another, another story that I would tell that I think is a good example of this Back in the day, I used to turn up at the airport and go and I I, I love technology, as you're all more than aware. And I'd turn up at the airport and then go and get in the line to check in. Um, And, you know, there was a person at the end of the line. And I saw these self-service queues and I thought, nah, I'm not going to use those because, you know, I don't know if I trust them. Anyway, the airline had people what they call combing the queues so walking up and down the queues and grabbing people and taking them out and you know going okay you know come over here sir and we'll we'll help you check in over here and isn't this simple and blah 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 and obviously now to the point i would never ever dream of <laughs> of standing and waiting in light to uh,
2: check in and and now obviously you just do it on your app anyway it's a great example because you are like the target customer for the new technological way of doing it. You're very much a technophile. And yet you were unwilling to overcome your habitual response, which is, no, no, this is the way I've always thought. Yeah, no, absolutely. You arrive in the airport lobby and your system one, your intuitive system says, okay, this is where you go. Move your feet. This is We're going to stand in line. This is what makes us comfortable. Yep. The key part for me here is,
1: A, they recognize that that was happening. And B they invested time and effort into changing customers' habits and the way that they went about doing things. And I think that too many organizations put in place change, particularly in this whole area of digital transformation and everything else now, and fail to realize there's a re-education of customers that need to happen. If they want that investment in the digital transformation and the new way of doing things, they've got to actually make some investment, not just in the technology, but in the
2: creation of some new habits with with customers as well. It's a great point. In the face of habits, being better is not enough. You need to, to break down those habits. On the other hand, if you can get the, the customer to form new habits, and clearly, I mean, this is not exploitative. It's obviously better for Delta if people use the self-service kiosks, because that's more efficient and, and less costly most customers not everybody but most customers genuinely also appreciate you know being able to go through the process quicker and easier and and not having to kind of interact with as many employees in order to get it done so it's better all around but it's being impeded by this well ingrained habitual behavior so what are your plans to overcome the habit it's not enough for a better technology how are you also going to overcome the habit
1: Okay, so let's pull this together. What advice would we give people? So the first thing for me is that the important thing here is in identifying, you've got to identify the habit. The really important thing is you've got to identify the trigger. So go back to what Ryan said earlier, which is what's the sort of environmental clue that customers, uh, that that is happening, that the customers then respond with a habit for? And it could be many and varied things, as we've been talking about here today. And I do think that with the technology, one of the things that you can start to look at is patterns of behavior. So, and being able to therefore see the patterns of behavior, it could be like with me, as I've started off with the story that you book a flight and the next thing you do is you book the taxi the other end or whatever. So, you know, what is that pattern of behavior and is that beneficial to you? And if it's not, then what are you going to do to change that? And how can you help groom customers out of that and educate them into the new into a new habit that is beneficial for them? But because it does need to be beneficial for them, as Ryan said, it's not just about creating an app on for insurance that nobody ever wants yeah. or nobody ever is going to use. It's got to be something that's going to enhance them in some way. Uh, that's great. What advice
2: for you, Ryan? The thing that's most surprising when I talk to students about this or when I uh, talk to companies about it, the thing that, that seems to generate the most excitement is this idea that, oh, habits form easily when they appeal to system one. There's an American actor, comedic actor named uh, Terry Crews. He's in a, a show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where he plays a, a police sergeant. Anyway, he's, he's very funny, um, but he's known for his physique. He's just got muscles on muscles on muscles. And so he says that people all the time ask him for advice about exercising. Like, how do I get started? You know, how can I get in shape? And he, he gives them brilliant advice. His advice is most people fail at exercise because they front load the pain. You decide you want to get in shape, it's, it's January 1st, you're going to turn over a New Leaf. And so you go to the gym and you just, you know, throw yourself at it. You, you know, spend 45 minutes on the treadmill and start lifting a bunch of weight. And then the next morning, you can't move and you're sore and you're miserable. And You force yourself to the gym again and you get even more miserable. And then you stop going. And from a habitual standpoint, what you're doing is you are activating your intuitive system to hate what you're doing right? It's just all pain. It's all downside. So the advice of Terry Crews is to just try to make it a habit of going to the gym. He said, if you don't feel like exercising, don't just go and sit on an exercise bike and read a magazine, go and hang out with some friends, but make it your goal to go every day. And if you can form the habit in that way, then your system one is not going to object to it the alarm's going to go off and system 1 goes oh I know what we're supposed to do we're going to go to that pleasant place where you know we we have a good time and so your system 1 will will start to to help you and now those external triggers will activate the system 1 process of yeah let's let's get everything in order so we can go and go to the gym and once that habit has formed then you can start ramping into more exercise and trying to get more out of that part and and I think that's a brilliant approach to this right what can we do to provide benefits to the intuitive system to help aid in this habit formation i think that's how you win
1: and the other part i would take from that is there can be stages of this yeah absolutely so don't go for the the complete uh, the complete new experience that turns everything on its head but actually recognize that you've got to do this in stages to make it more acceptable for people basically so good okay i'd like everybody to get into a habit of every time they hear the podcast to go and you do a great review for
2: us this is how we know you're a professional that was oh seamless. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe i wasn't
1: adopting my own advice but seriously it would be great if you could give us uh, a review reviews help give us some feedback But they also help spread the word by getting picked up by the algorithms. You know all this stuff. So if you can, that would be really good. We very much appreciate it. So thanks very much for um, everybody listening today. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you.
0: This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.